Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. With us again today to fellowship about our life study of Genesis is Francis Ball. Francis, welcome back. It's nice to have you as always. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 4 today and the story of two brothers. And it seems like whenever there's two brothers, there's always a story involved in the Bible, doesn't it, Francis? Why is this story an important one in terms of our study of Genesis? Well, we're touching a really marvelous family matter today. And we'll see in this message, these two brothers, Cain and Abel, they are two seeds representing two ways of worshiping God. The two brothers in this account are really the seeds of what is developed throughout the scriptures as two ways of worshiping God. I think as we listen to Brother Witness Lee, we will realize the development of these two seeds and what it has produced. Francis, thank you. Let's join Witness Lee with today's life study from Genesis chapter 4. Here we have two brothers. And we all have to realize, according to the revelation of the divine word, both of the two brothers should be considered as two seeds sown in the Bible. We have to uh, look into these two seeds with the light of the coming books in the whole Bible. Now, how about the seed of Cain? What was wrong with Cain? At the beginning, he was not wrong. Cain took the lead to offer something, not Abel. Abel was the second. In a sense, Abel learned to offer something to God of Cain. What was the reason God didn't even look at Cain's offering? Not only God didn't accept, even God didn't look at. The reason was this. By the time Cain and Abel were born, they were born of a fallen parent. Their father, Adam, was fallen. Their mother, Eve, was fallen. Both of the parents were fallen. They were not only wrong in the presence of God, but they were also filled with the evil nature of Satan. And they realized that God was merciful to them and gracious to them and promised the salvation to them and even did something to cover their nakedness. And as we have pointed out, surely the parents did teach their children this way. By birth, Cain and Abel both were sinful, corrupted, contaminated. God is holy. God is righteous. God is pure. But these two boys, both of them were dirty, polluted, contaminated. Who was there in Cain? 
Satan, the devil. In Genesis 4, apparently, we didn't see the devil. We saw Cain murdering, Cain lying. But in John 8, the Lord said, that was the devil murdering. In the eyes of God, that was not Cain, in a sense. That was the devil. And then in 1 John chapter 3, verse 12, we are told that Cain was of. The word of there in Greek means out of. Cain was out of the devil. And by these two verses, you can see thoroughly that Cain and the devil and the devil and Cain, they were just one. Now we all can see it is not a matter of what we do, but it's a matter of what we are. Amen. Cain brought the fruit of the ground without blood for shedding. That means Cain rejected God's way of redemption. God practiced redemption to his parents, and I believe his parents surely passed on God's practice of redemption by shedding the blood of the sacrifice to Cain, but Cain put that aside. Cain didn't care for God's redeeming way, and Cain just invented his own way by his own common knowledge. Now, I do believe we all can realize the reason why God didn't accept Cain's offering. Cain, he was taught to offer the sacrifices by shedding the blood. But he didn't do it. He invented a new way to worship God. The way of Cain is to do good, to please God. To worship God by one's own effort. To worship God according to man's invention. To worship God by religion without anything of Christ. And this is the way of Cain. Francis, this is a remarkable presentation of the drama of Cain and Abel. And it surely goes beyond our old Sunday school lesson, doesn't it, of Cain and Abel. Right. What is happening here really deals with the first invention of religion. But why didn't God value Cain's religion, his way of offering? This is one of the basic things in the whole Bible. And if we realize the difference between these two ways of worshiping God, which are typified by Cain and by Abel, we would really have a light from the Word of God that is really... uh, protecting us from taking the wrong way. Cain took the wrong way. What Cain did was to uh, develop or invent his own way of worshiping God. I think we've all, when we come to know the Lord, there's something within us that wants to serve God, and we invent our own ways of serving God. And by doing that, we reject God's way. God revealed his way of salvation to uh, Adam and Eve. And no doubt Adam and Eve told their sons what God's way was. And they didn't hear it just in words, but they saw it demonstrated by the killing of an animal and the shedding of the blood of that lamb and then clothing Adam and Eve with the skin of that lamb that was slain for them. This was passed on by Adam and Eve to both Cain and Abel. 
we have to realize that both Cain and Abel were begotten of parents who were fallen, who were sinful, who had rejected God and taken the way of the tree of knowledge instead of the way of life. Therefore, they were really one with Satan. But they had the revelation how God had restored them to a right relations with him. And no doubt they passed on this way of salvation to them. But Cain, he invented his own way. He took the principle of the uh, tree of knowledge to invent a way to worship God. He didn't take the way of uh, immorality and gambling and sinful things, but he took a religious way. He invented a religion. But this religion had its source in Satan. Believe it or not, Satan invented this way of religion. To worship God without Christ. To worship God without God's way of salvation. To worship God without relying on the blood of Jesus Christ. This is the natural and the fallen way to develop a religion. And I'm afraid so many of us have been guilty of rejecting God's way of salvation by the substitutionary death of Christ, by the shedding of the blood of Christ, and we've invented a way of doing good. This is what Cain did. He offered the work of his own hands, and he rejected the blood-offering way that Abel took and that God had taken and God had shown by the killing of the lamb and shedding the lamb's blood. This was really a picture of Christ. So, A bloodless way has been invented by man by doing his own works. And this is really satanic. This is not just a mistake. This is a satanic invention. And Cain was used to invent this first kind of religion that has been followed throughout the centuries by people who reject God's way of salvation revealed in his holy word and invented a way to worship God according to their own knowledge or their own understanding. God could not even look on Cain's offering. Because why? Let me illustrate it this way. Suppose I'm thirsty and somebody offers me a drink of water, but it's in a dirty glass and the water is filthy. It's contaminated. It's full of bugs. I would be insulted, someone trying to quench my thirst, by offering me such a glass of water. But this is really what people do when they offer something out of themselves, because it didn't really originate with themselves. It originated with Satan. And he motivated Cain to offer something to God according to his invention of the first religion. And it has carried through throughout all the centuries. So we have these two lines. One, God could not even look at, much less accept. And the other one, we'll see later how God does accept the offering that Abel made. So I believe this is a real lesson. These two brothers have really shown us something. It's really enlightening to see that even a tactic of God's enemy could be not just something sinful, but even a way of worshiping or serving God that is apart from his own. Let's go on with the balance of today's life study from Genesis chapter 4. Let us see a little bit about Abel. Abel offered the firstlings of his flock as well as the fat, without killing. How could you get the fat of the land? By this, you can see there was the shedding of blood. 
Man got fallen. Man was dirty. Man was sinful in the eyes of God. Man need the shedding of blood. Without shedding of blood is no remission of sins. Amen. This is why Abel was accepted by God. Because Abel was different. Abel realized what he was. He was just a person born of a fallen parent, filled with evil one, sinful, polluted in the eyes of God. So he offered some firstlings of his flock to shed the blood for his redemption Amen. and to burn the fat for God's satisfaction. And by Numbers 18, 17, we could see the first things of the cattle are the types of Christ. Among the Israelites, no first things of any cattle was allowed for them to eat. No, all the first things of their cattle were for offerings to God. And that was a type of Christ. You have to realize, actually, what Abel offered there was fully Christ. Amen. He offered Christ to God. Amen. Day by day living for God. Day by day living by God. Right. He was a feeder of the sea. As we have seen already, the sheep by that time were only for God. So what he was doing there was not only living for God, but also by God. So he worshipped God not according to his concept, his thinking, not according to his way, but according to God's way of salvation. Who told him to offer the firstling? of the sheep. No doubt, he did this according to his vision. Later on, the Bible tells us exactly so. You see, before Moses passed on the law to the people of Israel, I tell you, Abel did exactly the same as what is commanded in the Mosaic law. So this proves what he did was according to God's divine revelation. Amen. Amen. Not according to his own concept. Right. Huh. Hebrew 11 says, By this kind of offering, by faith, Abel was justified. He was killed, but he still speaks by his faith. I must point out, Abel was the first priest. Before any priest were raised up among the Israelites, Abel was the first priest. He didn't hire a priest to do the offering for him. Every Abel is a priest. Don't ask others to offer your sacrifice. Don't go to a father. Don't go to a priest. 
don't go to a minister. You have to offer the sacrifice. You have to be the priest. Day by day, we must be the priest offering Christ all the time. Praise the Lord. Well, Francis, there's a lot in this section that we could talk about. But let's look at this last point. Abel was shown here to be a priest. And the exhortation is there to us that we all should be priests and not ask others to make our offering for us. What is this about? Well, this really is about the priesthood of the believers. This is a very, very striking thing to be right at the very beginning of the Bible, the beginning of human history. Here is one who offered to God an offering that really represented Christ. This offering represents Christ, and Abel represents every believer. We should be offering our offering to God directly and not be hiring somebody to do it for us. God never intended to have a kind of a a hierarchy that would represent believers before God. But rather, he expects every believer to be a priest. Even Peter says, we are a holy priesthood, a royal priesthood. So we have the position as those who have been born of God and have the Spirit of God within us to function as priests, offering to God the Christ that we enjoy, that we experience, that we appreciate. So I'm not going to come to you to ask you to offer for me, but my responsibility is as a priest to God to offer my Christ to God for his satisfaction. And by my Christ, I mean the Christ that I enjoy in my daily living, that I appreciate when I read the Bible, that I live by when I pray, that I talk about when I fellowship. The Christ that I enjoy in my daily life is my offering to God, but especially as the one who died for me on the cross, shed his own blood. I don't offer anything else, but I just offer my Christ to God as a priest. Amen. Thank you, Francis. Let's return to the conclusion of today's life study with Witness Lee. Abel was a type of Christ. Some among us may say this is a little bit too much. A few points. Number one, Abel was a feeder of the sheep. The Lord Jesus was the real feeder. He was the real shepherd of God's sheep. And what is a type? A type is somewhat like a little picture of your being. Abel was a little picture, showing some aspect of Christ. He was a shepherd. Not only so, the Bible calls Jesus the righteous in Acts. And the Lord Jesus in Matthew called Abel the righteous. Not many persons were called the righteous. Jesus was called. Abel was called. Abel was the righteous, shadowing that the coming Christ would be righteous. Abel was killed by his flesh brother. Jesus was killed by his Jewish brother. Then the following point, Hebrew says, The blood of Jesus speaks better than the blood of Abel. 
uh, Brother Abel. Sorry, you were just a shadow. Now we got the real person. Amen. Your blood speaks. That was a shadow. Showing us that Jesus' blood speaks. Amen. In the whole Bible, there are only two verses telling us that the blood speaks. In Genesis 4, it says, the blood of Abel speaks. Then, in the New Testament, in the fulfillment of the shadows, the word says, Jesus' blood speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Hallelujah. We do have the speaking blood. Uh, not only the redeeming blood, not only the cleansing blood, not only the covering blood, but also the speaking blood. Amen. And we have to add a few words. That is, Abel's blood spoke from the earth. But Jesus' blood today speaks from the heaven. Amen. So it speaks better things than the blood of Abel. Amen. It's wonderful. We do praise the Lord for such an Abel. Well, Francis, we conclude today with a very striking comparison between Christ and Abel. In the last question, uh, you referred to Abel representing all of the believers. Now we see Abel as a type and picture of Christ. It seems like in every message that we see Christ in some aspect, even in the book of Genesis. Would you say something further about the speaking blood that we saw today through Abel? This speaking blood is really a, a unique statement, and it's used twice, as Witness Lee brought out, concerning the blood of Abel after Cain slew Abel. Then God said, his blood, Abel's blood, speaks to me, speaks out from the earth. But in the the book of Hebrews, it talks about the blood of Christ speaking better things than that of Abel. The blood of Abel spoke from the earth as a way of judgment on uh, the murderer Cain. But the blood of Jesus speaks from heaven, speaks better things, speaks forgiveness, speaks cleansing, speaks reconciliation. So these two uh, aspects of the speaking blood are really very, very meaningful. And we, uh, we really have to thank the Lord that the blood of Jesus speaks better things than that of Abel. We may feel under condemnation because of our sin and our sinfulness and our rottenness, and that's right. We should feel that way. We should be, uh, we should understand that we are really, uh, in our nature, fallen as it is, is just a satanic nature. It's a lying nature. It's a murdering nature. But the blood of Jesus speaks better things, things of forgiveness, things of reconciliation, things of making us righteous. I'm so thankful today for the speaking blood of Jesus speaking better things than that of Abel. Can I ask you a follow-up question here? Do we ever advance in our spiritual uh, progress to the point that we may not need the blood of Jesus that much? You know, I respect uh, Brother Lee's ministry, Brother Witness Lee, so much. And I've heard him for many years. And uh, in his prayer... When he's prayed with any of us brothers, or if he's prayed uh, even with his wife, even by himself, I know, he always started out by taking the precious blood of Christ for cleansing him from every sinful or rotten thought. He was always uh, very conscious of the need of the blood. 
I would say, with any of us, there'll never be a time in our life we don't need the precious blood of Christ to cleanse us. We need the speaking blood to make us aware of the fact that the blood of Jesus answers for all our sin, for all of our failure, for all of our shortcomings. And as long as we're in this flesh, we're going to have these shortcomings, these sinful thoughts, and these things. We need the blood of Jesus all the time. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your precious blood. You have been listening to the Life Study of Genesis with Witness Lee. If you would like more information about this program, then please call 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. You can also send us email at radio at lsm.org. For a free download of this program, or to find more information, visit us online at lsm.org. If you've enjoyed what you've heard from this Life Study of Genesis, then we encourage you to freely distribute this program. It's available in MP3 format. Again, it can be downloaded from lsm.org free of charge. Yeah.